0: Hi, I'm Kelly Cervantes, and this is Seizing Life, a bi-weekly podcast produced by Cure Epilepsy. Today on Seizing Life, we present interviews from our time at Epilepsy Awareness Day at Disneyland this past November. We spoke with several exhibitors about current diagnostic and surgical technology that can make a big difference in localizing and operating on areas of the brain where seizure activity is occurring. First we spoke with Kristen Katsimbos of Medtronic about the Stealth AutoGuide, which assists physicians in placing electrodes in a patient's skull to localize seizure activity. Kristen, thank you so much for chatting with us today. So this is the Stealth AutoGuide. Correct. What is it, and how do doctors use it?
1: Well, thank you for asking. I'm Kristen Katsimbos. I'm with Medtronic, and Stealth AutoGuide is actually used in conjunction with Stealth Navigation. So we don't have that here today, but what you'll see here is there's a monitor and then there's a camera here. And what it is is it's like GPS-type technology or navigation for brain and spine surgery, in this case, for the brain. So what we do is we take an MRI or CT of the brain, load it into this computer system, and then trace the contours of the face to match it up with the actual patient. Okay. So we would have an instrument that just traces along these contours, and then you'd be able to see, when you put instruments into the brain, where you're at on a map. So it would be like navigation or GPS. And so these spheres here, they would be reflecting off of the camera right here, and that would be the general concept of navigation. Where the cranial robot comes in, which is auto-guide, is to place um, with precision accuracy of less than a millimeter um, leads. So electrode lead placements or for RNS, SEG, and or for visualase, which is laser ablation. So we can do that in as small as a 2.4 millimeter burr hole. And so it's a very fast recovery. It's something that you could go home the next day. Oh, wow. And so it's minimally invasive surgery with a precise trajectory to get um, really to a target with that kind of precision of less than a millimeter. So the point
0: of this, um, when a doctor might use this on a patient is going to be when they're trying to localize where seizures are occurring is that
1: correct that's correct yes and so they want to do it in a precise way and so during surgery the actual surgeon will control the robot with this here they'll go ahead and get the arm into place and then do the fine tuning with this controller to get directly to that target and we also have another piece of equipment called the o-arm So in my accounts, what they do is after they place the lead, they will take the O-Arm, which is another imaging device that we carry. And it looks like this right here. It's a CT-like device. And what he'll do is he's made a plan beforehand of exactly where he wants to target. Or she. Uh, Or she. (laughs) Thank you very much. He or she, because we have amazing female surgeons. And once they go ahead and and place that and have done all their plans, they'll take this image and put it back onto the stealth navigation system, put it onto the screen and overlay it on top to see are we in the exact area before we leave the operating room and before we do any ablation or stimulation or anything else. So it's another way to double check that they're exactly Um, Within the parameters that they wanted to be and on target before they do treatment.
0: Now, what are the risks that a patient would want to be aware of with this type of? uh equipment so in this case because we have you know various steps to to make sure that
1: we're accurate before we do treatment it is much less risky than doing an open craniotomy to do this Um, the hole is so small correct and so less chances of, of just you know bleeding and different things and complications with a larger incision and so There are always risks associated with surgery, but this takes it into completely minimally invasive and really lowers that risk factor as much as we can for surgery.
0: Which, I mean, talking about doing, like, a a type of brain surgery and then leaving the next day is, like, I mean, that's just amazing to think about. And to that actually, that type of thing is possible. Right,
1: and to get confirmation while you're in the operating room so that you don't have to come back and do a revision surgery or anything like that. So all of these tools are just a great way to take all three technologies, so the stealth navigation system, the cranial robot auto guide, and the O-arm for confirmation all together to give you the best procedure and the best outcome. That's amazing. Thank yeah, you so much for explaining all of this to us. Yes, of course. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah.
0: Next, we spoke with Scott Strong of Medtronic regarding the VisualAise system, which can work in cooperation with the Stealth AutoGuide to help surgeons perform laser ablation surgery. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. My pleasure. All right, so we are discussing the VisualAise equipment.
2: Correct.
0: What is it and how do doctors use it?
2: Uh, VisualAise is MRI MRI guided laser ablation therapy. Okay. uh, Laser
0: interstitial thermal therapy. So we just learned about um, the uh, Stealth Auto Guide. So this is what they would use once they have located the part of the brain where the seizures are emanating from. This is the next piece of equipment that they use.
2: Correct, Uh, this device, it's a uh, a catheter-based system uh, used to deliver a fiber optic laser to specific targets in the brain. So you saw the auto guide earlier. Auto guide is a frameless stereotactic system for inserting different types of uh, devices into the brain stereotactically. Uh, the visual laser itself can be inserted with the auto guide. Uh, Visualize is it's a fiber optic laser. It's delivered to target. It's used for ablation of targets uh, for epileptic foci. So for medically refractory uh, epileptic foci. Brain tumor, radiation necrosis; uh, those are all uh, minimally invasive targets that we can go after with visual aids versus an open resection.
0: So it's just a small targeted area. Is this the same kind of thing where um, the procedure is done and you get to go home the next day, yes, or is uh, this more in, in, more involved?
2: In many cases, because of its minimally invasive nature, uh, you know, patients sometimes go home the next day. So we hear a lot of patients get dis- discharged the very next day. Um, it's versus open resection. Um, It just requires a 3.2 millimeter drill hole. Uh, So just a a tiny stitch, a a purse string stitch, I think is what they call it sometimes. So uh, in many cases, they get discharged the next day.
0: That's incredible. And what does the future of this equipment look like? I feel like science and it's just moving so quickly. I mean, the fact that you can do this and it's such a small uh, incision that needs to be made. You can sew acutely target the part of the brain that needs to be removed. Do you know where this technology is headed from here?
2: It's, uh, even though MRI-guided laser ablation, uh, laser interstitial therapy has been around for for many years now, uh, I want to say maybe almost a decade, uh, it's still new cutting-edge technology. We're still in the phase where we have a lot of uh, centers that are still adopting this uh, versus other methods of Uh, Ablations such as RF or doing open surgeries. Um, With the increased utilization of uh, stereotactic SEG, because of robotics, uh, we see more customers moving towards using laser because they can more precisely uh, identify the area of focus uh, where seizures are coming from and they can target it robotically and more minimally invasively. And we can use a laser to treat that versus open resection.
0: So it sounds like it is the clinicians that need to catch up to the technology Um, currently. The technology is available and it's just the community needs to come to it.
2: The technology is available. It's widely used in centers across the U.S., at least over 125 centers. Um, We've done over uh, far exceeding 8,000 cases uh, to date uh, just here in the U.S. alone.
0: Well, amazing, Scott, thank you so much for Uh, teaching us about the visual aid system.
3: My pleasure. Hi, this is Brandon from Cure Epilepsy. Did you know that 30% of those diagnosed with epilepsy do not respond to current medications? That is why for over 20 years, Cure Epilepsy has been dedicated to funding patient-focused research to find a cure for epilepsy. Learn more about our mission and our research by visiting cureepilepsy.org. Now back to Seizing Life.
0: Gabrielle Richardson spoke with us about MEG, a non-invasive imaging technique that can be used in conjunction with EEGs and MRIs to localize seizure activity more precisely in preparation for epilepsy surgery. Gabrielle, thank you so much for chatting with us today. I. I'm so excited to be able to speak with you directly because I think this technology is incredible. Uh, Tell us about what an MEG is and um,
4: why a doctor would want to use it. So it's a a neuroimaging device that has been, um, allows physicians to detect and localize epileptic activity. So if you are potentially um, an epilepsy patient uh, and a candidate for surgery, It allows a um, a neurologist to get more granular data around the brain activity and the brain networks and um, as it assesses it um, in an MEG. So it works in conjunction with uh, MRI and any other sort of uh, neuroimaging modalities, and it allows for a far more granular, sort of more um, specific picture of the brain.
0: So I think I understand I'm gonna sort of give it to you in layman's terms and you tell me if I'm, I'm correct. So an MRI is a, a static image, but an MEG is more of a video of like an EEG over the MRI. Is that
4: kind of accurate? Yeah. So an MRI would give you sort of a, you know, the typical sort of brain um, you know, image as such. Yeah. Whereas an MEG is actually granular sort of spikes. It's a lot of squiggly lines basically. Like the EEG. Like the EEG. Right and that gets mapped with an MRI and with EEG as well. So, um, you know, there's training involved for um, epileptologists and, and physicians to uh, analyze the data, um, but because that data with in conjunction with MRI and, all, and other modalities, will give you far more information um, as a patient, that, for, for patients.
0: And and the idea, that someone would want to use this ideally to try and figure out if the seizures are localized in a yeah. certain part of the brain, yeah. and then, so that is more data to potentially yeah. try and do a surgery, yeah. for example. And I mean,
4: if you are a surgery candidate, um, as a patient, I would always want to have as much data as possible, so more data will give you more information, right? So yeah. before someone opens up anyone's brain, they should make sure they have all the data available. Yeah. That's what I always think. Absolutely. So that's why this is such a vital tool.
0: So what is is the MEG is it would be considered non invasive, correct? Because you're not yeah. having to do any sort of no. surgery. It is you go in similar to what you would experience for an MRI, yeah. and then you leave. Yeah. So yeah.
4: It's, it's very not it's non invasive. The only thing um, it, it is is in a, in a big shielded room, so it's a bit like a vault, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, big thick door that closes, but other than that, there's no noise because it needs to be sort of uh, the no noise allowed sort of thing um, or interruptions. So that's why they've got this big shielded room. But that almost means it's very calm in there, very quiet. There's, um, it's nothing like an MRI where you're claustrophobic right. or anything, you've got a lot of space. Um, and uh, you can lie down as well if needed so it depends on, on what the epileptologist suggests and what the energy lab suggests but it's very very calming and, and, and not a, a invasive tool whatsoever
0: and how many of these machines are around the country because i know that they're they're not everywhere it's not like an mri where every hospital has one yeah we wish
4: it was more um it is uh, currently around 19 in the u.s Um, It's a mix of being used for clinical and research um, purposes. Uh, The clinical sites, uh, we often uh, do videos with them and and try and sort of raise awareness now around MEG in the states particularly. Um, So yeah, we have about 19 sites in the states.
0: And how could someone find out where the closest one is to them?
4: So on our website now, we have um, a page where you have an interactive map and you can actually uh, find out by clicking on the different cities. Which um, institutions have an MEG? So that is brand new, actually. So nice that you mentioned that. <laughs> um, that is coming out now, uh, and then you could potentially. And and a lot of um, a lot of these institutions take out-of-state patients as well. So, and if anyone ever wants to find out a little bit more information, we are happy to provide information. So just email us and then we will give out uh, the information that no. they need. I and know that contacts. my daughter
0: had uh, an MEG done and we lived in Chicago at the time and we traveled till, to Milwaukee to yeah. have it done. Yeah. So um, I mean, the
4: other case is obviously Kate Cooper that you know, yeah. who's um, traveled all the way from Virginia to Texas to have an MEG. So we have those cases. We're finding out about this more and more now. Um, which helps us uh, also raise awareness around the fact that we need more of these. Yes, hopefully Hopefully we will get
0: more soon. Amazing, Gabrielle, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Ryan Chu of Zimmer Biomed explained how Rosa the robot assists surgeons in targeting epileptic activity deep inside the brain. Thank you so much for chatting with us today and teaching us about Rosa, so tell us what Rosa is and why a doctor might use it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We are so glad to be here. Rosa is the robotic surgical assistant. Um, she is a tool for oh, brain surgery. Oh, I, I
0: see what you did there. Yeah. Robotic surgical assistant Rosa. R-O, okay. Robotic yeah. uh-huh, surgical uh-huh.
5: assistant. Yeah. I dig it. So if she.
0: She's she, a lady. Yes, obviously. She is a
5: robot that helps surgeons target specific parts deep inside the brain okay yeah so you can think of rosa as sort of a gps for the brain and a patient's mri or ct images are the maps for that gps
0: okay and so they're going to so this is the equipment is this a laser equipment is it what how is this used
5: yeah so rosa does a lot of things Um, our bread and butter is epilepsy surgery So surgeons will use ROSA to implant what we call electrodes into patient brains. Okay. And those electrodes will monitor seizure activity and tell us where seizures are coming from. Okay. Yeah, and once we know that, we can use ROSA for a therapeutic procedure. And so we may do a laser ablation where we stick a laser fiber into the brain and burn away the bad parts of the brain that epilepsy is coming from or we can use ROSA to put in electrodes for RNS or DBS, some sort of stimulation that will detect the onset of seizures and provide electrical current to prevent them from happening.
0: So ROSA is very versatile and wears lots of hats.
5: Exactly, so ROSA will help us diagnose epilepsy as well as treat it.
0: And how many Rosas exist out there in the United States specifically? Is this a pretty common piece of equipment at this point?
5: Yeah, at this point we have about 140 of these across, across the country. I would say Rosa is probably the gold standard for the types of procedures that we're doing with them
0: and how invasive i mean you're still talking about incisions in the the skull
5: yeah so we are still making incisions but the idea is that rosa is a minimally invasive system so as you can see from here this is an example patient but there are all these colored lines kind of going into the brain each one of these will represent an implant that will be going into the brain and the idea is that we do a small quick drill hole for each of these implants now the reason it's minimally invasive is because we're barely cutting into the patient we're doing a small hole as opposed to in the past where if we had to access the brain we would have to cut out large chunks of the skull
0: right and how is this equipment different from other minimally invasive equipment on the market, such as the visual A's, which is one aisle over here.
5: Yeah. So Rosa is, I think, really known for its accuracy. Okay. So when we target specific centers in the brain, we're looking at less than a millimeter accuracy. So it's really important when we want to access those, those deep, really critical structures that we're not missing we're Mm -hmm. not hitting any vessels or veins along the way and rosa helps us do that
0: so rosa's specialty is going to be those sort of deep brain seizures that are difficult to see to access and to treat yep that is Amazing. So, what does the future look like for this equipment? Is it are they constantly refining it? Are they um, is it advancing? And how so?
5: Yeah, um, we have a new generation of the Rosa that we're working on right now. And again, the idea is to expand utilization to all sorts of applications. So, right now, Rosa is a little more niche. It's a little more specialized. Uh, We currently use ROSA for epilepsy surgery. We do movement disorders like Parkinson's disease. We'll treat tumors and cancers with ROSA, but we want to be able to just make the system more accessible to a larger variety of surgeons and surgeon types. Um, So the idea, again, is to continue making a system that is minimally invasive, quick, Mm -hmm. accurate, and easy to use.
0: Amazing. Ryan, thank you so much for teaching us all about ROSA today.
5: I'm happy happy to help.
0: Thank you to all who took the time to speak with us at Epilepsy Awareness Day at Disneyland. Every year, I'm inspired by the amazing, supportive, and determined community of people who attend this event. CURE Epilepsy has been proud to be a member and a leader in the epilepsy community for 25 years. We are dedicated to funding patient-focused research that will lead us to a cure for epilepsy. If you would like to support this research, please visit cureepilepsy.org forward slash donate. Cure Epilepsy, inspiring hope and delivering impact.
3: The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cure Epilepsy. The information contained herein is provided for general information only and does not offer medical advice or recommendations. Individuals should not rely on this information as a substitute for consultations with qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with individual medical conditions and needs. CURE Epilepsy strongly recommends that care and treatment decisions related to epilepsy and any other medical conditions be made in consultation with a patient's physician or other qualified healthcare professionals who are familiar with the individual's specific health situation.